Hey there, my name's Daniel. You're about to listen to the Saints Church Podcast, and you're about to hear a life-changing message. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy. Hi, Engaged Church. This is Nathan Finocchio here. Huge hello to Pastor Brett and the whole team there. And coming live to you from Palm Springs, California. I am a Canadian. I'm from Ontario, but I live here in Palm Springs at the moment. This is where my company, Theos U, is, and my brother-in-law and a bunch of our team are all here, and we have a bunch of employees. And So we're out here, I'm in a t-shirt and shorts, because it was about 26 Celsius today, and I'm not complaining about it. So hope you're well, and I hope that spirit of jealousy does not grip your soul as you listen to this sermon today. <laughs> Uh, no, I believe that um, we're going to believe that God's going to speak. Why don't we just pray really quickly and then let's get into this. Father, thank you for your word and <clears throat> thank you for your church. Thank you for engaged church, Lord. And Lord, I thank you that Jesus is building your church. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you love your church and you want to build engaged church in the coming year. I thank you, Father, for growth. I thank you, Father, for growth, not just numerically, but spiritual growth. Holy Spirit, that you would be poured out upon Engaged Church in a fresh and tangible way. We thank you for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. So, we're in a series on the Trinity, and specifically this Sunday, we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit, who is the second person of the Trinity and, or rather, the third person of the Trinity. <laughs> Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And St. Thomas Aquinas calls the Holy Spirit the love of God. I love that name for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the love of God. And if you are taking notes, you can call this sermon the love of God. The love of God. So, the Holy Spirit is definitely, he is the drummer of the band, okay? If the Godhead was a three-piece, then I think that the Father is like the songwriter slash bass player. You know what I mean? He's kind of like holding everything down. His eyes are on the drummer. His eyes are on the leader. He's the one that's sort of orchestrating the plan. Jesus is the front singer. You know what I mean? He's the front man. And he's, you know, playing electric, singing, riffing. When I think of the Godhead, I'm kind of thinking like the band Muse. You know what I mean? It's just like a phenomenal front man and just ripping guitar solos and stuff. And then you have the Holy Spirit and he's the drummer and he's just an animal and he's just going hardcore and, you know, the drummers can be a little bit, um, he's, the drummer's setting the pace and he's building and the crescendoing and, and um, the drummer is, uh, you know, classically the drummer is sort of like, he's the life of the party a little bit, the drummer. You know, like the, the lead man is sort of like very extra on stage, but then, you know, when he's talking to people, he's a little bit, not, you know, he's a little, I don't know, maybe a bit recluse or, or just the creative genius. Um, I think the Holy Spirit is the life of the party. He's the drummer. He's just always down. He's gregarious. And um, and um, the Holy Spirit 
though in in because of I think the nature of the Holy Spirit and and what he does in the life of the church because really we're living in the age of the Holy Spirit. You know, so Jesus came and and Jesus is ascended and he's at the right hand of the Father and he's obviously ruling his church. His presence is mediated by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is we're in the age of the Holy Spirit. The book of Acts is the book of the Holy Spirit. The the book of Luke is about Jesus, but you'll see Luke is really setting up, and he's, he talks about the Holy Spirit constantly because he's really setting up who the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is God, and of course, we're living in the age of the Holy Spirit, in the activity of the Holy Spirit. And so, I think for because of the nature of the Holy Spirit in the church, and you know, mainly because of the gifts of the Spirit, especially if you've grown up in a charismatic church like, like I have, the Holy Spirit sort of gets this um, this reputation for being um, kind of disorderly or, you know, anytime you say Holy Spirit, evangelicals, especially Reformed evangelicals, don't know what to do. They don't know. They just, their experience of the Holy Spirit and their, their experience, uh, their, their doctrine of the Holy Spirit and their description of the Holy Spirit, they really end with salvation and it's soteriologically you know like the holy spirit is the one who seals you and he saves you and you know uh but then it's like it kind of drops off after that charismatics you know they really talk about jesus saving you but then they talk about the holy spirit you know the gifts really they focus on gifting and so in in my circle where i grew up when you talk about the holy spirit you know people would we, we, we would cackle because the holy spirit got he got the credit for all of the crazy things that happened. Um, you know, he was like the drummer. You know, anything, any crazy story about a band, the, the drummer was involved in it. And um, so I grew up during the, I was born in 1982. In 1992, 1993, there was this Toronto revival. We were ground zero for it. We lived in 45 minutes away in Hamilton, Ontario. And we used to go to the, the vineyard at the time, um, uh, and eventually became Toronto Airport Christian Fellowship. And there's this great move of God and people are falling over and barking like dogs. And there's a time for about, there's a season for about five years where everything was Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. And, you know, touch people and they'd fall down and people would do this all the time. Hoo, hoo. And it's just disorder. People would laugh during services. It was just very chaotic. Um, and my dad you know, thinks fondly on these times. He just says, hey, you know, like church was dry and we needed refreshing and it was good. Uh, but just, you know, just the Holy Spirit's not weird. People are weird. And so, but in, in my, in my, in my estimation, or rather in my imagination as a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 year old, you know, my friends, anytime that we'd be goofy, we'd be like, oh, Holy Spirit, oh, you know, we just, pretend to just be idiots because that we were, we weren't making fun of the spirit. We're making fun of people who are weird <laughs> all throughout Bible college. You know, we, we just kind of carry on because the things, uh, people mimicking this tolerated and christened behavior in the, the, the charismatic renewal just didn't make any sense. Um, and, um, so all that to say, I remember being in Bible school and, and, and it was, there's every weird thing was always attributed to the Holy Spirit. Always. And there was always some kook 
you know, with Holy Spirit told me this, Harris, Holy Spirit told me that, Holy Spirit told me I'm gonna marry this girl, Holy Spirit told me that I'm gonna, you know, go do this. There was a guy at our Bible college who, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit told the Holy Spirit told him, right, to to give all his clothes away. Guy gave all his clothes away, except for a, a tie, <laughs> a white shirt, and a pair of black pants. And it was just, the guy's weird. Um, there's a story that he would follow this girl around with his head on his, you know, just laying his head on his head, on his uh, hand on his head. And just, you know, Holy Spirit told me I'm going to marry you. Oh, oh, anointing, you know, falling, this, falling creep, creeping girls out. There's this, uh, the, 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 the campus were kind of grew wary of him pretty quickly. And uh, the last that they had heard of him or the thing that got him kicked out was during a, a high school basketball game uh, the, for the Christian school. Um, he was at, he was there, and he came up to the dean of students' brother, who was was coaching at the time, uh, Dan Malman at Portland Bible College, the school I went to, and he said to Dan Malman, you know, during this 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 uh, playoff game, uh, excuse me, and you know, Dan's like, yeah, Dan's a big big guy, um, bricklayer, and he goes, uh, are you filled with the Holy Spirit and evidence of speaking in tongues? And Dan's like, yes, not now, you know, coaching right now. So the guy goes back to his seat. Five minutes later, he comes back. He's like, excuse me. You know, Dan turns around. What? You know, are you filled with the Holy Spirit and evidence of speaking in tongues? And Dan's like, dude, I already told you. Yes, I am. Go away, right? Third time, guy comes back, taps on Dan's shoulder. Dan turns around. He's like, what? And he goes, Holy Spirit told me you're lying. <laughs> and that got him kicked out. Dan was not happy. And a once again, uh, so many of my favorite stories are just people doing crazy things. And, you know, there's a, I remember there was a lady in our church who would wear purple every day on Sundays. And one day my dad was just like, man, you really like the color purple, don't you? You know, she'd been going to our church for like four or five years. Yeah, she's like, the Holy Spirit told me that I need to wear purple to remind people that Jesus is coming back. like, <laughs> okay, that's exactly what people are thinking about when they see you wear purple. Um, so... Once again, Holy Spirit gets a bad rap. He doesn't need to get a bad rap. What we do is we weird out spiritual operations and we weird out spiritual things because we love to make it make weird things spiritual. We think that spiritual and weird is synonymous. They're synonymous terms. We sort of limit spiritual activity to spontaneous, ecstatic expressions, um, to strange, to strangeness and that's how people um, often with agendas justify their disorderly behavior or their lack of wisdom. They often do it with the Holy Spirit card, you know, and, and because if the Holy Spirit's told you, then I can't argue with you, right? You know, the Holy Spirit told me that I need to sell my home. Well, it's probably not a good time to sell right now. Maybe you should just, you know, well, are you asking for my advice or not? Well, the Holy Spirit told me. Holy Spirit told me to leave my church. Why? Just Holy Spirit told me that I wasn't getting fed. Did you talk to your pastor about it? Holy Spirit told me not to talk to him. You know, like, it's just, it's always the trump card. And it's always, it always seems to be a little bit weird. Or it can be weird often. This doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit can't talk to people. The Holy Spirit doesn't talk to people. I believe that, the, that, that God talks to people. I wrote a book called Hearing God. I definitely believe that the Holy Spirit talks to people. Um, but people are weird. God isn't weird. And so we've kind of weirded out and tripped out the Holy Spirit, and so he gets this bad rap. 
Romans chapter 5, verse 5 says this, that the Holy Spirit is poured, uh, or the love of God has been poured into your hearts by the Holy Spirit. And this is why Aquinas calls the Holy Spirit the love of God. Jesus is the wisdom of God. We see that in Proverbs chapter 8 uh, and in John chapter 1. We see, though, in Romans chapter 5 here, that the love of God has been poured into our hearts. How? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has taken up residence, and the Holy Spirit is the love of God. How do we know that? Because the Holy Spirit won't quit you, even though you're a loser. <laughs> he's there, and he's patient with me. All the stupid things that I think and do and dwell on, etc., and he just doesn't leave me because only love would be that way. Only love would be as patient as the Holy Spirit is with me. Only love would be as kind and gentle and, and call again and come again and, and beckon me. Every time I pray, Father, you know, um, I, Romans chapter 8, verses 15, it says that, uh, that we've not received a spirit to fear, but we received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. As in when I cry, Father, that is the spirit of adoption within me. The Holy Spirit is in with, you know, calling me and to the Father. And that those prayers are spirit prayers. How cool is that? That, that the Spirit is, is causing me to love Father. Uh, Ephesians 2, 19-22 calls us the dwelling place for God by the Spirit. The Spirit lives in me. He is the love of God. And his desire is to connect me to Father and connect me to Jesus and to connect me to others, as we'll see. The Holy Spirit, and I want to just make a, a bold statement here, and this is where we're, I'm really, really, this is my thesis for this sermon. My, third, my thesis for this sermon about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit is God's plan to build church and to reach the world. The Holy Spirit is God's plan to reach, engage church, and to reach the world. It's, the Holy Spirit is God's plan to build and grow and mature and pour love all over because that's what love does. Love builds up. Love edifies. Love is what builds the church. And the Holy Spirit is the love of God. The Holy Spirit builds the church. Now, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28, Joel has this vision of the Spirit being poured out upon flesh, right? And uh, Peter is going to use this one in one of his, his great sermons. And he says, man, like the, the proof that the Holy that these are, we're in the last days is because the Holy Spirit has been poured out upon all flesh. And what happens immediately when the Spirit of God is poured out on flesh in the book of Joel? Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. That's the first thing that happens. You want to talk about initial evidence of the Holy Spirit? I'll give you two verses, okay? The first one is a literal tongue of fire, if you want to get tactical. Never had a tongue of fire. But the initial evidence of Joel is prophecy, a spirit of prophecy. And I would like to submit to you that prophecy is the result of receiving the Spirit at salvation. That when God makes you part of the family, he pours his love on you and in you. And a result of that is that you love other people. Because really, that is what the prophetic is all about. That we love God and we love other people. That 
is prophecy. And what we're going to do now is we're going to do a case study to build out this thesis. This thesis that the Holy Spirit is the love of God. That God's plan to build our church and to build us is the Holy Spirit. And that the Holy Spirit manifests himself in love in prophecy. Those are sort of our three points that we're going to begin to put together here. All right, you guys probably know a bit about the, the Corinthian church, but the Corinthian church was basically the worst church ever. Perhaps the worst church ever. Um, in 1 Corinthians 11, I think it's in verse 17, Paul just says, like, it's literally worse when you come together. When you come together, um, it is in verse 17, he says this, when you come together, it is not for the better, but for the worse. Can you imagine going to a church? And that church was so bad that when you got together and had church, everybody just felt worse. That was the Corinthians. Their church was a dumpster fire of a church. It was a freaking joke. And Paul's going, what is happening? So he begins to talk about the problems and there's divisions and there's infighting and everybody's there for themselves. And they're there to get fed and stuff their faces and use their gift on each other. And, and there's all kinds of harm. And, and um, it's amazing because in a church like that, that the, the, the Corinthian church was the most spiritually gifted church. Paul says they come short and no gift. And then we're going to see in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 that they have prophecies and they have healings. and they It's like a Catherine Coleman meeting. Okay? And there's prophecy. It's, it's crazy. Very, very um, charismatic. And it, today, people would just shut that down, right? Okay, it's, there's, it's disordered. People are, I remember um, being at a Pentecostal church and there was one guy speaking in tongues and then another guy speaking in tongues. It's like, who are, you, who are you listening to? You know what I mean? Like they're doing it out loud. Um, that is what was happening in, in, in at Corinth is that people were trying to prophesy at the same time and, and it's just, it's, it's cacophony. It wasn't, a symphony where there's synergy and where there's harmony and melody. It was a cacophony. It was an absolute mess. People were fighting for the limelight and trying to, you know, oh, this is my problem. Oh, this is my problem. Paul's literally going, stop. Stop. Let one one person prophesy. It's, literally, it's like talking to kids. Let one person talk. Well, you know, let one person. It's, it's like having two preachers at the same time. It's like, whoa. Maybe some of you, my wife could probably listen to two preachers at the same time and get something out of it. I cannot. Um, so that's what's happening. This church is just absolutely insanity. And most pastors would shut down this charismatic expression. But Paul actually goes, no, we're going to continue to do this. But we're going to do this the right way because God actually wants to build this church up. And this is actually how we're going to paddle out of this tumultuous river. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. And Paul says this, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, or brothers and sisters, Adelphoi, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. There's this other 
passage in, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, and it says this, that the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. Um, essentially, what Paul is saying here is that um, we don't prophesy or talk to one another in a theological vacuum. We all have a, a, we all have a framework and we all believe certain things, right? And from that, we say things to people. Now, let me back up for a second. You are God's plan to build engaged church. You are. The Holy Spirit has been poured into you and onto you. You are an anointed one. And the, whole, the love of God now fills your life. And if you are in the Holy Spirit every day, you are going to feel love for other people because that's what the Holy Spirit does. Love is what builds the church. Love is what connects the church. Love is what keeps the church together. It's what keeps the church in holy unity. It's what commands the blessing. And so the, the, the love of God is why I serve somebody. The love of God is why I uh, prophesy over somebody. It's because I, I sense, I, I just, I love them. And it's not a human love or a sexual love or a, some sort of erotic misplaced love or, or like a, an insecure love, like I need to get their love. But it's a love of, I have a, a feeling of compassion or a, a genuine feeling of, um, of for, uh, you know, we can, we can call it, oftentimes we call it agape love. I have a Christ, I have a spirit love for this person. I want to see them grow and flourish. And so because I, as I sense that, I begin to open my mouth and encourage that person. That is how New Testament prophecy works. That's how the Holy Spirit builds churches. Churches are built by people who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who love one another and build each other up in their most holy faith. That's exactly how the church builds. And our, our, the, the, the church plan, the, the, the plan to build the church is you. It's not just some, you know, it's not just great worship, well, that's important. It's not just great teaching, well, that's important too. And it's not just a great, you know, follow-up plan, discipleship track, you know, four weeks of, you know, getting to know our team and connect groups. All that stuff is good, but the basic building block is believers filled with the Holy Spirit. And then the, the, the result of that, which is prophecy. Prophecy is just, and, and kind of what we're going to do today is we're going to debunk some stuff. But prophecy is just loving somebody with your mouth. That's all it is. And it builds the church. Okay. This is why I say the Holy Spirit is God's plan to build your church. Because... That's what, that's what love does. Love builds up. And love is audible. So Paul is saying here, you know, nobody says in the, Holy, in the, in the Spirit that Jesus is, is uh, you know, that Jesus is accursed. Meaning that <laughs> the, the Holy Spirit speaks in, doesn't speak into a vacuum. He speaks into a theological um, framework the spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. So when people say weird stuff, it's not the Holy Spirit that said it. 
It's that their 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 worldview or their their theological lens is colored and it's off, and then they blame the Holy Spirit for that. It's your mouth. You're in control of that. And so to be a better, you can become a better prophet. You know, you can become better at your gifting. You can become better at loving people with your mouth. Some of us think that loving somebody with our mouth is verbally abusing them on Facebook. Some of us think that loving somebody with our mouth is telling them everything that we think about them in the parking lot. Some of us think that, like, and that's not, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's your anger, that's your jealousy. Um, and Paul, that's the list that Paul's going, this is what's dividing your church right now. And part of it is because you have no theological root, okay? So you can become a better prophet. You can become a better steward of the Holy Spirit love in your life by growing and taking responsibility and reading the word and having that be the filter, Right? And this is what Paul's going to do is he's going to talk about, hey, guys, um, you know, I want you guys to, he, he, he starts with, you know, I don't want you to be un, uninformed. You can't say random stuff and blame the Holy Spirit for it. So, you know, spirit of the prophets is subject to the prophets. It's your mouth, your spirit, your responsibility. Then Paul begins to talk about spiritual gifts. Um, then he gets to 1 Corinthians 13. Now, 1 Corinthians 12 is about spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 14 is about prophecy and we're going to land there but but sandwiched in between them those are two pieces of bread they're both about spiritual gifts and the meat is love the meat is the love chapter the famous love chapter first corinthians 13 that was read at princess diana's wedding in case you don't remember i don't remember if i speak in the tongues of men and of angels but have not love i'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal right I don't have love. Um, you know, I, 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 it's noise. And if I have prophetic powers, right? Like, you, so you might be right about something. Maybe that person really didn't tick you off, but you just, you're not love, you know, because you have to speak the truth in love that we all may grow up into Him who is the head. Well, if the purpose is for somebody to, to mature somebody and there's no love, it's not going to work because love is going to temper. Um, and, that's, and that's what love does love causes to mature and to grow up. Uh, if I am, if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. If I give away all I have, and if I deliver up my body to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. Love is patient, kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. There's some people that are just you know, like their, their, their encouragement, um, the things that come out of their mouth, it's just irritable. It comes across irritable and resentful. They rejoice in wrongdoing. Talk about cancel culture. Cancel culture is not Holy Spirit. Cancel culture is not a God idea. Forgiving people is a God idea. Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes, it endures all things. Cancel culture does not endure all things, does it? It cancels all things. Love never ends. Okay. Then Paul says, as for prophecies, they will pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, will pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. As in, when the perfect comes, which is 
talking about eternity. Now, we're not going to need to prophesy when, when we have Jesus there. We can just get it right from Jesus. We can find out what's going on from him. Not going to need him to speak to me to talk to you. Um, all right, 1 Corinthians 14. And we're going to land here. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Some of you need to hear this again. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, once again, some of you are like, prophecy, oh, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm kind of turned off by it, you know. We have bad examples sometimes. Uh, for example, there are prophets in the United States that predicted that Trump was going to be elected. I think that that was foolish to do that because I don't believe that that is the function of local church prophecy, which I think um, is what we need to focus in on. We need to focus in on the church. Are there national prophets? For sure. But we can tell a national prophet because things come to pass when they say them. If you're not a national prophet, your words don't come to pass. Stick to local church prophecy. And local church prophecy is really easy. And I'm going to explain it to you in really, really easy biblical terms. Because I believe that God wants, Paul the Apostle says here, I want, earnestly desires spiritual gifts, especially to prophesy. So the word of the Lord to you today from the Bible is that you should desire especially to prophesy. Okay, what does that mean? Just watch this. One who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God, right? Not talking to people. Tongues are for God. No one understands him but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophecies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, and consolation. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding, encouragement, consolation. This is verse three in chapter 14. Or build up, stir up, cheer up. Prophecy is meant to build people up, to stir people up in their faith, right? Build them up and edify them, stir them up in their passion and their faith, their love for God, and cheer them up, right? They have, wow, oh, right, I feel like God loves me, God is for me. You know, makes people want to run through a brick wall after you prophesy over them. Can you build somebody up? in their faith, then you can prophesy. Can you stir them up in their faith? Then you can prophesy. Can you put a smile on their face? Can you cheer them up? Then you can prophesy. That is local church prophecy. I don't know how we miss this, but we miss it. This is what the Holy Spirit looks like at church. It's the love of God that is gonna build us up. The one who speaks in the tongue and a tongue builds himself up. Verse four, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Woo, hello. Of course. See, the prophecy builds. Prophecy builds the church because it's the love of God coming at somebody. It's a deluge of the rivers of mercy and grace just pounding somebody who's having a really hard day and then you just come up and you begin to build them up and stir them up and cheer them up. I mean, are you kidding me? Who doesn't want to go to a church like that where people are full of the Spirit of God? 
they're, they have the wisdom of God and, and theological understanding, and they have responsibility for their own spirit. And all of their prophetic words are through this, through the banks. These are the banks of this river, building up, stirring up, cheering up. Okay, does this word build this person up? Does it stir them up? And does it cheer them up? Okay, Th that is the three qualifications for a prophecy that builds up the church. Now, I want you all to speak in tongues, is what Paul says in verse 5. But even more, to of course, of course, even more to prophesy, right? To, but even more to prophesy, he says. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues. Of course he is, right? Why? Because Paul, Paul will finish here, unless someone interprets. So that the church may be built up. Prophecy is how you build up a church. Go ahead and do a, a, a word study or a phrase study on building up the church. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to see as many as in 1 Corinthians 14. Why? Because prophecy is what builds the church up. When people are stirred up in their faith, they're built up in their faith. It builds, it stirs, and it encourages. It, it puts a smile on their face. Wow, that's the church that I want to go to. Verse 12 says this. I think I already said this. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit. people, some, it's, it's okay to be eager for manifestations of the Spirit. It's okay for, for you to want the Holy Spirit to show up in your services. Holy Spirit, come. It's okay to sing songs like that. Holy Spirit, you know, come and do this and come and do that and manifest yourself and show, show us your power, da, 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 da. That's okay, okay? Strive to excel in building up the church. That's what Paul said. Let's read that one more time. Since you're eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to build up the church. How do we do that? Go back to what I just said. <laughs> build up. Stir up. Cheer up. You want to be a Holy Spirit person? Great. Great. Want manifestations of the Spirit? Great. You want the presence of God to be in the room? Great. Build up. Stir up. Cheer up. You want more Holy Spirit in your church? More Holy Spirit activity in your life? Build up. Cheer, stir up, cheer up. Holy Spirit is like two pedals on a bike, right? And the Spirit is doing this, and you're doing this, right? And I've always found that when I don't open my mouth, people don't get uh, encouraged. You know, like a, it's it's fascinating. But when I open my open my mouth, people are encouraged with this because they hear from God, right? It's the same thing with you. The problem is, is that we've 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 made prophecy some lofty what spiritual people do. But just people that just hear from God, they get an audible voice. They have a red telephone. Okay? They have an old razor flip phone. And the Holy Spirit calls that line. And they call that right that night, and they got to buy the thing, and they put all that they speak in tongues like for 24 hours a day, and they go to IHOP and they just lay on the floor. And those are the people that hear God. And uh, well, those people might hear God. That's all that's great and grand and wonderful. Um, you can be used by the Holy Spirit to speak to somebody. You can be used by the Holy Spirit to build somebody, to stir somebody up, and to cheer them. How do you know when to what to say and when to say and as you're moved? 
So do you, do you feel love for someone? Because you should, because you're, you're, apparently you're filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, then ask the pastor after this to, fill, to, to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to, be, to fill you, okay? Um, if you're a Christian, you should have the Holy Spirit indwelling you. But sometimes what happens is we say no or we don't know what to do. So, you know, you might have been feeling feelings for those people and you've suppressed them because you didn't know what to do. It's kind of weird. You're like, ah, oh, I don't know what to do. And then, you, you know, you say no long enough and it kind of becomes callous. And what we just do is ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, just give me a fresh love for people. Let me be more sensitive to that. He can do that. Um, but, and obviously, if we're not obedient to his, to his prompting, then we can lose that as well. But how do I know? How do I know when to prophesy? When you, when, you, when you feel like you love somebody. When you feel like you love your church, prophesy. When you feel love for somebody, love of the Holy Spirit. And you can see, oh, wow, I can see that their future is going to be incredible. That is the Holy Spirit going, open your mouth, dummy. Please say something. I want to say something through you. Yeah, but I don't know what to say. Just open your mouth. Just start encouraging them. Just build them up, stir them up, cheer them up. You know, here's a great example of a university student. Okay, university, oh, you are going to do so well. And you don't need, don't be worried about this and that and the other thing. You, you get in on your studies and, you know, you are going to do such a great job. And, you know, and you just, you know, you begin to build them up. God's going to take care of you. God's going to provide for you. I know he's, he's provided for me. He's going to provide for you. And, um, you know, God's going to, um, and, and man, you're, are you ever going to be great at that thing, that thing that you're studying? Oh, you're going to be a, you're going to become a massage therapist. Wow. You know, begin to stir them up. Man, you are going to bring so much, you know, kinesiology. Wow. You're going to help those hockey players and their horrible legs and their knee injuries. And you are going to help their neck pain. And, Oh man, I just think that it's going to be wonderful that you are, you know, encouraging, speaking to, and you know what, and then find the way to stir and cheer them up. Don't be discouraged. Don't be discouraged and don't be dismayed. God's got his hand on your life and don't you, you know, that's the prophetic. The prophetic is just building up, stirring up and cheering up. And you know what? God guides steps. So as you, you know, good man's steps are ordered to the Lord and he, he, he guides steps. A good man steps. So step and the Lord will begin to lead you. Some of you are like, well, I'm not going to say anything until I have the whole paragraph. Just step out in faith and begin to just encourage in your, you know, the Holy you're not a puppet. Some of us are like, well, I don't know how to prophesy because I'm just waiting for my mouth to move and all the, the you know, the teleprompter, the Holy Spirit teleprompter is going to come. That's, that, that's not how it works. You know, the Holy Spirit doesn't shove his, his hand up your back and start moving your mouth. Your spirit, your responsibility. No one says Jesus is accursed in the spirit. Obviously, right? Because we know what the truth is. So speak the truth. Open your mouth. Take that step. And God will guide you and love on somebody. And that is how we are going to build up the church. Verses 32 and verses 33 in 1 Corinthians 14. 32 and 33. Uh, and the spirit of prophets are subject to the, the spirit of prophets. The spirits of prophets are subject to prophets for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. Don't be confusing. Don't be weird. Love people, respond to people, and God is going to do incredible things. Bring love when you come to church. When you're bringing love when you come to church, you are moving in the spirit of God. You're bringing the spirit of God. 
and just unleash. Be passionate about being uh, building up uh, your church, and that's when we begin to see the Holy Spirit really move and work and have his way. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you for this church. I thank you, Father, for Pastor Brett. And I thank you for Engaged Church. And I thank you, God, that the best days are to come. Father, I thank you that you are growing our root system. Lord, I thank you that you are giving a strategy and vision. Father, I thank you that it's not by might, it's not by power, but it's by your spirit. And Holy Spirit, I thank you that Engaged Church belongs to you. I thank you for the work that you're going to do in this year in building their church and building their team and and, uh, relaying uh, foundations and, and reimagining what church looks like. Father, I thank you for fresh strategy from the Holy Spirit, for Pastor uh, 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 Brett and the whole team. And God, I thank you um, that this that COVID-19 isn't going to kill us. It's not going to destroy us. We're going to still be standing after all of the craziness and the nonsense. No matter who is the Prime Minister of Canada, Jesus, you are still king and you're on the throne and you are ruling your church. And so, Jesus, I thank you for a year of increase in every area. Father, I thank you for answered prayers over people in engaged church this year. Father, I thank you for favor in business. I thank you for favor, strategic favor over your church and that they would be a church that is Um, They have much so that they can give much, Lord. Father, I thank you um, that you are going to accomplish everything that you want to accomplish this year. And none of your purposes for our lives will be held short. I bless them in Jesus' name. And let all of God's people be prophets. Let them have the word of the Lord in their mouth and in their heart. In Jesus' name. And in the love of the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Saints Church Podcast. Tune in next time for another great word.